0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. It's been a while, but it's good to see you again. Glad that you can hear me, I guess. Um, I don't hear you ever. You haven't called in a while, but I'm still here. Um, I'm <laughs> doing my thing. Actually, I've been doing this thing on sub, on Substack, uh, danielcrogers.substack.com. I've been writing uh, roughly two articles a week, but I'm upping that uh, as of late. As I let you know before, When I can, I'm going to be posting excerpts from my new book called Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. The subtitle is something like The Art of Slowing Down Enough to Let Grace Catch Up. How those posts go out on Friday, they're especially for paid subscribers, but I have two weekly posts that are for free subscribers on Tuesday and Thursday. I also have a new post that's going to come out every Monday that's going to be uh, about a thousand words, sort of, devotional or maybe sermonette uh, on this week's lectionary reading. I'll explain that here in a second, as well as about a 300-word excerpt from a reading in the Epistles of Paul. But again, I'll explain that here in a second. So, how have you been doing? It's It's only fair for me to ask, right? So why don't you let me know if you have any Bible questions, if you have any thoughts, if you if you have any suggestions or whatever, just let me know. Send me a message on the website, danielr.net. If we're Facebook friends, you can message me on there. You can even post it in the Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace Facebook group. However you'd like to contact me, I'm always available, and I appreciate uh, your, uh, your your faithful listening, your faithful commenting, and uh, you're giving it the likes and the thumbs up whenever you can. All that is all that's wonderful. appreciate that so much. So, let me talk about the lectionary for a second. There's this thing out there called the Revised Common Lectionary. Now, you're a preacher growing up, if uh, you went to a church like I did, or if you were a preacher like I was and like I am, then the way that you come up with a sermon is you think, okay, what am I going to talk about this week? And you go, oh, okay, uh, I'm going to do a 14-week sermon series on giving, and then you come up with 14 passages, or maybe 14 words in a passage, and you give a different sermon on all 14 of those, and you talk about giving for 14 weeks straight. Or you might be like, I'm going to give a sermon series to the book of Daniel, and for 12 weeks you give 12 sermons, or maybe more, on the book of Daniel. Or... Like at sometimes in my life, uh, you just do a lot of study during the week. And then you're sitting there during communion on Sunday morning, and you're going, hey, you know, I'm supposed to preach in a few minutes. Uh, what am I going to talk about? And so you kind of look around your Bible. You're like, hey, I've been studying that. I guess I'll talk about that for a bit. And then you get up and let her rip for 45 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, uh, <laughs> different. there's different strategies out there. Some people write full sermon manuscripts like six to eight pages weeks in advance. There's some people, get this, some people plan out all of their sermons every year for the whole year. And they have like, like a filing cabinet with folders that has the title of each sermon, and they drop stuff in the folders throughout the year, or maybe maybe on their computer, like files on their computer. And when they come up with a quote, they like pull up OneDrive on their phone and open up that Word document and they're like, paste. Or let me do this voice memo and stick it in that folder. And they have all this for a whole year. I mean, what what are you doing? How do you do that? Always, like, I can hardly even keep one sermon... Uh, series going i get like halfway through and since i've already studied it out i know where it's going so i'm kind of like bored so i have to do something else you know then i let it drop yeah uh anyways there's lots of different ways to write sermons out there but there's this thing called the revised common lectionary it was put together by several different uh mainline protestant denominations that wanted to kind of keep everybody on the same page right? They got this thing called the church calendar. There's this uh, thing called Advent going on right now. It's talking about the arrival of Christ in three different ways. The birth of Jesus, the second coming of Christ, and then the arrival of Jesus in the believer's heart, right? So, you know, you have you have that going on now, and then you have Christmas, and you have Epiphany, and you have Lenten season, and you have Easter, Holy Week, and then you got Pentecost, and then you got ordinary time. And they wanted to be able to talk about the same stuff, like at the same times, so like if you went to church in Alabama one week, you know you'll hear somebody give a sermon series on Mark chapter one one through eight this upcoming Sunday, right? Which is uh, December the tenth, twenty twenty three. But if you also went to church in Canterbury, then they're also going to be talking about Mark chapter one verses one through eight. So it's kind of like this sort of universal pattern of scriptures and ideas and general themes. That all churches everywhere uh, kind of follow. That at least that at least use and subscribe to the Revised Common lection, Lectionary. All right, and so uh, it takes you through the seasons. It gives you eh, several several different readings: one from the Psalms, one from the Old Testament, one from the Gospel accounts, and then one from Paul's epistles or the general epistles in the New Testament. And you follow that pattern. That pattern, and it's in a three-year cycle. So you go year A, year B, year C and there's different readings each year. One year focuses on the Gospel of Matthew, another year focuses on the Gospel of Mark, another year focuses on the Gospel of Luke. And then since Mark is so short, John is kind of like interspersed throughout Mark's year, uh year B. Yeah, and uh you do that every 3 years. And then you go back to the same passages. But, you know, that year you might preach on say the epistle passage or maybe the psalm passage or maybe the old testament passage or maybe you'll find out something new about that particular text in mark like a new angle or a new idea or a new word or phrase that you didn't notice before and you do this every year for the rest of your life three years repeating and uh people do this like uh forever i got i got this thing called preaching the lectionary on my desk my friend ben gave it to me Uh, he was an episcopal priest for like a gajillion years and uh He used this thing for 30 years, 30 years, every Sunday. Broke out this book, looked over his notes, wrote a sermon, and he let me have it. It's like falling apart right there on my desk. It's awesome. 30 years, same passages. And, you know, you might say, hey, you can't do that. Well, okay, let's be fair. How many sermons have you heard on Acts 2.38? How many sermons have you heard on Ephesians 5.19? (laughs) All right, so don't be too quick to judge, Uh, about people preaching the same passages. How many of you have gone to a gospel meeting and you're like, oh my goodness, this guy, seriously. He's going to give a sermon on instrumental music, a sermon on baptism, a sermon on the judgment, a sermon on what is the Church of Christ. Like, seriously, we have to do this two times a year and it's the same stuff, (laughs) you know, really? Yeah, uh, so don't be too hard on it. So anyways, I'm going to try it. Uh, Maybe for one year, maybe for the rest of my life. I don't know. But this year, this year, Daniel Rogers is preaching on lectionary year B. And I've already done the first Sunday. That's up on my website, uh, danielr.net. If you click on there, you can click on my substack, my substack, danielcrogers.substack.com. You can watch the sermon. You can listen uh, to me ramble on about <laughs> Mark 13. <laughs> um, you can also read the, the about, about a thousand word uh, sermonette there on the blog. Um, you can even read the 300 word reflection on the epistle text, Okay, if you want to, if, if you feel so inclined. So that's there for you to enjoy. And uh, this upcoming Sunday, the one I've already mentioned, in Advent, uh, you start off talking about judgment, the coming of Christ and his kingdom. Then you start talking about uh, preparing the way of the Lord by focusing in on John the Baptist. And so this Sunday, for example, we're in Mark 1 to talk about John the Baptist. Then the next Sunday, we'll be in John chapter 1 to talk about John the Baptist. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, you kind of have to abandon ship in year B because, let's just be honest, uh, the birth narrative is only found in two <laughs> of the four gospel accounts, which makes it kind of awkward. See, then you have to go to Luke, Right. And I won't be preaching on that that Sunday anyways, but I'm still going to post the reflection. You just won't get the sermonette. So, yeah, that's what's been going on with me. Um, Pretty exciting stuff. I'll share with you some of the books I've been reading here lately, a few thoughts on them. Uh, So besides Preaching the Lectionary and besides The Second Testament by Scott McKnight, I've been reading this book called Abraham's Silence. It's written by J. Richard Middleton. The subtitle is The Binding of Isaac, The Suffering of Job, and get this, are you ready? And How to Talk Back to God. Whew, what about that? So, this book is about a question I'm sure that some of you may have have, uh, have had, and that is, why on earth was Abraham apparently just like totally cool with killing Isaac, right? Like, why didn't he go, hey, wait a minute, God, uh... You know how I talked to you a while ago about Sodom, and you know we tried to maybe stop Sodom and Gomorrah from being destroyed if there were just ten righteous people there? We had that whole debate, that whole exchange, kind of bargained, right? Well, you know, what about this whole thing about killing Isaac? Like, that's not really that cool, you know? I mean, I know other gods want that, but come on, this is my boy. This is the one through whom all nations of the earth will be blessed. So, uh, Middleton here, he... He evaluates Isaac's silence, or I mean, rather, well, he does talk about Isaac's silence as well. Isaac wasn't exactly defending his his life there. But he talks about Abraham's silence and how in the story of the Bible, it's really unusual. First off, Abraham spoke up on behalf of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah just a few chapters earlier. earlier. But also, you look at Job. You look at Moses on behalf of Israel. You look at all of the Psalms that talk back to God. Like, what is Abraham doing? And the author does a really good job of examining that. My favorite chapters, though, in this book are the chapters on Job. While I appreciate the research that he did on uh, Abraham's silence, his information on Job is just beautiful. In fact, if you buy this book and you're like, I don't really care about all Abraham. That's that's whatever. That's his own thing. <laughs> You'll appreciate uh the discussion there on Job. Okay. Um another book I've been reading here lately, oh, is The Anticipated Christ. This is A Journey Through Advent and Christmas by Brian Zond. It's a daily thing that you're supposed to read. I did not realize that when I first bought it, but, you know, I don't really read the descriptions. I just get the book if I think I'm going to like it, and I've really enjoyed that one as well. I've only, I'm have only i only two days in because that's how, you know, Advent just started, but it's been a pretty fascinating read as well. Um, another book—let me move my microphone here so I can, so I can look behind me— um, Another book I was reading here recently was called "Reenchanting the Text," and and I'd like to get the author of that book uh, on the program here to uh, to talk about this. It's really really good. Her name is Cheryl Bridges Johns, and she just did an excellent job in this book. And I, I'd love to have her on to talk about the to talk about this. And she agreed to come on. I just have to carve out the time. So. Uh, those are some of the books I've been reading lately. Oh, oh yeah, one more. Uh, I just finished reading uh, Rob Bell's Where Did You Park Your Spaceship? Now, that book right there, that's – if you need a break from, uh, you know, like theological stuff, like Bible books or whatever, then, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll want to read that. It's pretty good. It's not for everybody. I don't think – there's a lot of – there's a lot of like inside jokes in it uh, for people who've listened to Rob for a long time, but I I had a good time reading it. Where'd you park your spaceship? I'll be honest, it kind of starts out slow, but once it gets going it don't stop. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Once it gets going, it don't stop. One final note on things I've been up to recently in terms of my reading. Uh, there's a book by Walter Brueggemann called Tenacious Solidarity. Uh, and I have not too far into it yet, but it is one that I've been uh, checking out here lately. So, yeah, lots of reading going on, which which is fairly usual for me. I, I go through seasons where I'll only be reading a book at a time, and sometimes I go through seasons where I'm reading like four or five books at a time, and you know, it's it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling, right? Okay, let me talk about the podcast for a bit because I haven't given up on you guys. It's just been hard for me to. To get it out there um i've I was doing this thing where I was writing blogs and narrating over the blogs, and I'm cool with doing that. The issue with doing that is sometimes like I wrote this blog called "All I can think about is Peace. My intentions were to narrate over it like I had the ones before that, to be honest with you, though man, that was a tough one to write i mean it was it's about the conflict and uh, in Israel. And so if you want to know my thoughts on that, you can go look up look up that blog. All I can think about is peace. Just click on the link to Substack in the description. But man, that wasn't that wasn't easy to write. I don't think I could have narrated it as as easily. I mean it it would have you know been tough on the emotions to do. Maybe I could go back and do it, but it doesn't make much sense to uh now because it's it's already been, you know, three or four weeks since I wrote it. The other thing is I've been writing this series since then called I'm not sure if I buy the idea of sacraments as a means of grace. <laughs> what, what do you do with that title? In the first article, I wrote about communion. In the second article, I wrote about baptism. So I thought, hey, after I finished writing the one on baptism, you know, then I can go ahead and, uh, you know, record it and post it. Well, then I realized I needed to write a third one, uh, a third article focusing again on baptism. So just. Put that got put off for a bit. So anyways, that's basically what's been going on with me. Hope you are all are doing well. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, look, looking forward to have a good Christmas as well. And I just want to thank you all for uh, supporting the blog. Some of you have subscribed uh, like with money. Like you do, <laughs> You put money into it. That's pretty crazy. Uh, but I really do appreciate it. Everything that you do towards that helps me get closer to a lifelong goal that I've had of being an author full time. Not that I would get out of ministry, but that I would supplement my ministry with the uh, with being an author and maybe even being able to you know not even have a paycheck. That's my ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goal. But uh, that's that's what I want to do with my life. Which brings me to one last point. If you like to talk to tomatoes. <laughs> Uh, If you you are on this journey from legalism to freedom and you haven't read my book, How a 25-Year-Old Learned He Wasn't the Only One Going to Heaven, or you haven't listened to my book, How a 25-Year-Old Learned He Wasn't the Only One Going to Heaven, I'm offering it to you for free. That's not how you make a living as an author. But it is how you share the good news of Jesus. <laughs> so if you go to danielcrodgers.gumroad.com, again, links are under the description, and you click on the audio for how a 25 year old learned he wasn't the only one going to heaven, and you put it says, Name a fair price, put $9. You add it to the cart, boom. It'll say, Hey, uh, do you have any discount codes? You say, Yeah, EF. PG stands for Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. Hit that. It gives you $9 off. You know what that means? Nine minus nine is zero, which means you can read it for free, or you can listen to it for free. Okay? Or if you want to buy a physical copy, reach out to me, and I can sell you a physical copy. Uh, But I want you to be able to read this material. I think it's helpful. I I think it'll be helpful to you. I think it'll be helpful to your family. I think it'll make a great Christmas gift. You can even put the $9 in there, hit, uh, hit, hit EFPG, hit send it as a gift, and then boom, you can send it to somebody for free. And that'll make for a great awkward conversation around the dinner table at Christmas. But hey, uh, these are the things needed to make this world a better place, right? So this is Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace. I'm Daniel Rogers. Reach out to me. Talk to me. Let me know what you want. Let me know what you need. Give me your recommendations. Let's get ready for some Advent. Let's get ready for some lectionary readings, right? Hey, and if you want to go to Discovering Renewal, you might remember that podcast last year with Aaron Mitchell. The registration just went out. You got to go to Montreat. Uh, Look up Montreat on the old internet. Click on the Discovering Renewal. Uh, Go ahead and sign up and go hiking with me for three days in North Carolina. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. Thanks for following. Appreciate you.